give a warm welcome to Katie Stewart as she comes up here. Yep, come on. Because Katie, for 10 years, has been on the mission field in Bolivia. Now, some of you all know this because you've been around a while. You need that. And, uh, uh, but she's been back for a while, and uh, we've given you some time to process it, I guess, right? And, uh, but um, we love you, and we want to hear uh, the arc of that story of what you were doing and, and now what's going on. Well, Underneath there, yeah. Oh. That was my fault. So for the last uh, 10 years, up until this last June, I've been living in, in Cochabamba, Bolivia. Um, I, it's kind of a long story how I ended up there, but for eight of those last years, I was working at an after-school program called the Center. It's kind of more of an extension of the school program that they have. It's only half day there, um, but really it was just an excuse to get the kids in the door to be able to share um, the hope of Christ with them and give them uh, access to more education. Um, we worked mostly with high-needs kids in this rural community, on a, kind of on the outskirts of the, the larger city, and um, mostly worked with indigenous Quechua kids, so kids coming from families um, primarily that were illiterate. And it was, it was pretty incredible to see the ways that they, um, once they had access to books, and some of that's thanks to people here in the valley that provided the resources for that to happen, um, they just kind of took off. And we've got kids that graduated from the program now that are coming back and are volunteering or they're working as teacher's aides. Um, so it's becoming a part of the community there that's transforming um, the, the families' lives that are there. So my story... Yeah, how'd you get there? Yeah. <laughs> um, I grew up in, in a family here in Carbondale. Um, Doug and Ellen Stewart are my parents. And they started supporting a compassion child when I was really little. Um, and I remember feeling really drawn to that idea of transforming or breaking the cycle of poverty through access to education and the, the hope of Christ. Um, moving forward, then when I was in fourth and fifth grade, I was in a bilingual classroom and was really drawn to the, the Latino culture and the, the language. Um, fast forwarding into high school, I went to Mexico on a Youth for Christ trip with Pete Schaffner, and then chose my college based on a program that they had in Central America that really focused on injustice um, and how to, how to address that. Uh, then when I was in college, I went what I thought was for two months <laughs> to Bolivia to do a volunteer summer experience um, and couldn't quite get it out of my system. So I graduated college and went back for what I thought was six months. And 10 years later, <laughs> I finally moved back. Yeah. Um, so it was a series of small choices, series of small, you know, seemingly small events in my life from you know, helping my parents with supporting a compassion child all the way through to, to moving down to Bolivia. But I feel like it was those choices and the ways that God prepared me along the way that put my heart in a place where I could listen to when he called me to stay. Um, I don't think of myself as being super adventurous. I don't usually like to get out of my comfort zone, but it didn't feel like this big choice. It felt like 
oh, well, this is the next step. And every, every step, every decision to stay another year, another two years, another five, um, he just continued to provide exactly what I needed to be there. So um, Charlie asked me to share kind of my story. What, what did I learn through that experience? And it is hard to boil down 10 years into just one lesson. Um, but there's a verse that has, has been with me, I would say, most of my time in Latin America. Um, it's a verse that really speaks to not only injustice and life overseas, but I think wherever we are, it's a verse that God calls us to. So it's in Micah 6, 8, and it says this. He has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, so, so there was a family that lived down the street from me. They're right on the corner. And it was a family of eight-plus kids living in this one-room home. You know, they were living in a space that's not much bigger than my bedroom. Um, didn't have access to, to clean running water. Their, their bathroom was just this little shack with a hole in the ground and a curtain instead of a door. Um, there, were, there was a lot of violence in the in the home and just kind of anything you can imagine when you think of, of abject poverty, that was, that was this family. Um, and I met them pretty quickly after I moved on the street. They were always out on the street playing, and I think I met them playing a game of tag. Um, and they would, they would start to ring my bell. I lived on the third floor of an apartment and had this intercom system, and they would always ring my bell and yell, Kati! And, you know, no, here's the, the kids again. They, they, need, they need something. <laughs> and they were always asking for, for something. It was usually the kids, not, not the parents. But more often than not, they would ring my bell and say, can we have a glass of water? I felt frustrated by that. It, it wasn't something that they needed. They could easily get a, a glass of water right down the street at the tienda around the corner for, you know, three or four cents. They could get access to that. Um, but I realized that, what they really needed um, was an invitation to come in, an invitation to come up the stairs and to come into my home and to have access to love and affection coming from this broken, broken home where they didn't have the care that they needed. They didn't have any hope um, that was spoken over them. And so... As, as frustrated as I was sometimes when they were constantly ringing my bell and I just felt overwhelmed by my inability to meet their needs, I didn't feel like I had enough to give them. I didn't have a solution for their lack of resources. I didn't have a solution for the violence that they saw in their home or for the ways that their parents were unable, unable to care for them. Um, but I did have hope. <laughs> And, and that's not from me. That's him. And I think that's, that's what it looks like to walk humbly with him, is to recognize that without him, we don't have anything to give. But through him, we have relationship. And our relationship with him 
enables us to be in relationship with people and to give that love and that care that he desperately wants to give to his children. So I came back not really still knowing how to do that well. I feel like there is so much more for me to learn. Um, But I do know that my calling, whether it's in Bolivia or here in the States, is to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with him. I know. Yeah. What are you doing right now, though? So, so, so you're back. You've yeah. been back for nine months. Yeah, I'm a kinder first teacher um, over in Two Rivers Community School in West Glenwood, working with little, the little guys again. <laughs> I love kids. Um, get away from them. Yeah, and it's a different set of needs, but it's the same, it's the same thing, right? It's, it's walking humbly with him and looking for the ways that, that I'm, I can come alongside um, people who, who don't have that hope. Yeah. It's been our honor to walk alongside you and supporting you over those, that time. And uh, we thank you for what you did and what you're doing even now. Loving God and loving people. That's what I heard you saying. Yeah. That's it. It's all Give about relationships. Again, <laughs> even bigger. Thank you, Katie.